Hello and welcome to another episode of the Plastics 3 HP podcast. I'm one of your hosts, John Clemente. Alongside with me is, right below me, my bestest best friend in the entire world, Chabax. How are you doing, Chabax? What's up? My name's Chabax. I'll be here with John and uh, excited to discuss some of our shows. And yeah, yeah exhausted, but still alive. Yeah, we're going to have fun this weekend. Um, if this is your first time on the channel, thank you very much for the view. And if you haven't been introduced to our roster of programs, this Plus 6.3 HP podcast is a, is a stable of the, or the nexus of uh, anything geekdom and nerddom. Uh, on Mondays and Tuesdays, we dropped our reviews podcast where we discuss one movie and or one show. Uh we give our synopsis, we provide our opinions, we rate them, so you might be informed whether you should watch the show yourself. On Wednesdays, uh, we drop the recording of our very, very first D&D campaign. So, a bunch of middle-aged old guys, never done D&D before, started this uh, campaign last year. We're having a blast. We recorded for posterity and for your entertainment. We dropped that on Wednesdays. On Thursdays, we have a curated list of trailers, featurettes, short videos, clips. We react to them and see how much, how hyped we are for that upcoming content. So if you want to find out what's coming down the pipeline in the next few months, in the next few years, and be hyped with us, join us in that show as well. On Fridays, we drop uh, RJ and Trebox's second D&D campaign. So they couldn't get enough yeah. D&D. Of course, it's super fun. So they spun off a little... Uh, campaign of their own when they are bad guys and we drop those recordings most Fridays. But today, in this particular episode, we are continuing last week's last week's discussion of the Midnight Club. Right? The Midnight Club again is a horror mystery thriller created by Mike Flanagan. Uh, stars a bunch of cool kids. Uh, this is created by both. Um, uh, oh, this is based on the Midnight Club and other works by Richard Pike. So last week, if you haven't listened to our podcast or watched our podcast yet, you can pause this, watch that. We discussed the first five episodes. In this episode, we're gonna discuss the second half. Right. So the the point of this is give you a little bit of insight whether this series. It's worthwhile watching for you, your kids, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So with that, um, we are giving you our friendly spoiler warning for us to discuss the series. We're going to have to discuss the shows and give a little bit of spoilers. So if you haven't yet, you can pause it, watch the show, come back, discuss with us. Um, and without further ado, I'm going to turn over the stage to Trebox. We're going to discuss a little bit of the synopsis, and we're going to discuss the last, yeah, yeah, the second half of the Midnight Club. Uh, I'm going to try to be fast. So first episode is episode six, titled Witch. Uh, so I'll just go straight with the wiki so we can be fast. So Kevin continues his story, the teenage serial killer. Elonka tells a story about the modern day witch, so it's a horror story um, who uses magic to help friends. Anya collapses again. And when she meets Shasta in the woods, Shasta reveals more about the ritual. I don't know why she knows. Mm -hmm. or she doesn't reveal at that time. So uh, um, basically, Alonka asks the Midnight Club to do the ritual with like five uh, women. And then the other boys were also there. And they all participate. And uh, next episode, 
Anya starts to see a vision, but Dr. Stan, uh, the doc, uh, episode 7 is titled Anya. Dr. Stanton catches the club. The ritual was completed, but Anya goes into a coma where she dreams. She has another dream. It's like another story where she's healed, returned to society, but all of her, all of her midnight club friends died. And then she realizes she's dreaming, and it's like a combined version of all the stories so far. And then she can hear her voice, their voices as they talk to her over the speaker, but then she dies. Um, Shasta tells Ilonka that the ritual doesn't work every time. Uh, Dr. Santon burns Athena's journal, debates whether to shut down the Midnight Club. And then at the end, uh, Ilonka hears, hears that uh, Dr. Santon, that someone's not terminal. So we don't know if she's cured or what. And then keep seeing this woman, old woman, saying who's an, a ghost that says she's hungry. And then uh, episode eight is Road to Nowhere. Lonka confronts Doctor Stanton about what she heard. And then, but she tells Kevin. Um, Lonka believes that she's the one that was cured by the uh, ritual until Shasta. And then spend. Uh, we get uh, some closure with Spencer. And the mom who's been cold to him because he's gay. It's very religious. Uh, Natsuki starts dating Ame- Amesh. Uh, and that has a cool story. I like the story about the pair of the hitchhikers. Yep. And then... Uh, Ilonka goes to the building secret floor where she sees the old woman again. And for some reason, it always becomes Kevin. Uh, we go Kevin. to episode 9, The Eternal Enemy. Sandra is the one who's kind of uh, cured or misdiagnosed or is the one's going home. And then, um, sorry, Kevin tell, um, opens up that he's been the, he's been walking to that secret floor for ever since. And he's been seeing the same thing that Ilonka has. They tell the other members, but they're skeptic skeptical about it um and then we got a cool confession where some of the other spooky stuff that we've been hearing are just uh sandra uh explain yep. yeah like uh, trying to yeah so it's like miss uh, like he busted that uh myth and then we get uh spencer with other cool stuff. i like these stories the the vcr recording and like a cool twist at the end um, Elonka sneaks Shasta. Oh, this is when Elonka brings Shasta and the other females to do their own ritual. But thankfully, Doctor Santon interrupts as Shasta was sacrificing all of the others for her. Apparently, she's regressed, and her cancers come back. And then we get the final episode where um, Shasta escapes. And uh, Ilonka and Dr. Stanton save some. I don't know if how many they saved from the other women that were poisoned. And they believe that uh, Shasta, Julia's, uh, so Shasta is revealed to be Julia. And that uh, her cancer has come back. So she's trying to get in always and do the ritual again. Um, Ilonka finally. 
accepts her coming death. And then Amesh starts seeing some shadows and she he's getting worse a lot. Uh, we get a visit from Spencer's mother trying to bond again with him. Kevin breaks up with his girlfriend and pursues Ilonka. Mm -hmm. uh, they get a sign, uh, Anya's broken ballerina statue is whole again and apparently wasn't fixed. Like it became whole. So we don't know if that's another myth that's that's another myth <laughs> or thing. busted yeah uh we get the story of kevin finishing the story of a serial killer which i liked again and then the episode ends with the reveal that the old woman and elonka that kevin have been seeing are the original founders of brightcliff building and that dr stanton has a tattoo which is saying that she's regina or no she's athena the daughter of the cult Shasta. Yeah. No, no, no. Shasta is, no, Shasta is Regina, I think. Shasta is the one that... Athena. Athena. Yeah, sorry. Oh, no, yep. Athena is the daughter of mm -hmm. Regina. Yeah. And that's the episode Midnight Club. So, yeah. Uh, I, again, this is one of those things, one of those series that... Um, it's super entertaining, well shot, well acted, great storylines, a lot of layers. So you can really skip. If, if you watch the first few episodes, uh, the storytelling is a little bit simpler, not as layered. But once you get to the middle, to the end episodes, there's so many layers. This is mm. where I got lost a little bit, um, you know, figuring out that Ilonka's the products that she buys is from actually Shasta and Shasta's uh, uh, ingredients that makes them ho uh, homeopathic or holistic is because it's in and around Brightcliff Manor and stuff like that, right? So she, she, it was kind of like, was that a coincidence or was that pre predetermined? Was mm -hmm. uh, Ilonka kind of like influenced to be there? But um, either way, like, Getting introduced to Shasta's character a little bit more, who she was, what had happened to her, whether it was, um, you know, um, um, truly supernatural. It was, uh, you know, it was found out something that nope, it was she, she was just she hid somewhere else for a little bit and came back with a particular cool story. Um, that was great to see because, um, I always like the idea of, but you know, going back and forth. Is it super? Or it's, is it really supernatural, or is it really, um, or is it something that some somebody just can like, be explained yeah. and then come back, come back to being supernatural, and then come back to being concocted? So I like the way that Mike Flanagan did this uh, all throughout for the main through line, the main storyline about Brightcliff Manor, Shasta, and her miracle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that was fun. But in the second half. I, I really enjoyed much more the stories of the kids themselves because, um, you know, I kind of, uh, again, because of the complication of the, the Brightcliff Manor itself with uh, what's the doc, Dr. Stanton, it was a little bit more, you know, a little heavy handed. I like the idea that uh, because the kids were close to their end, each one of them, they were also becoming more and more symbolic in the stories that they were were, were saying. Right? So I really enjoyed that. This is where um, uh, you know, the story with uh, Rahul Kohli was great. 
right? Yeah, that was, I think that was the best. My favorite. Yeah, and, and the good thing about that is like we can also see that these stories doesn't only have to involve one of the kids, right? So it's involving also... Should I keep on forgetting the Asian girl's name? Um, yeah, Sandra? But, oh, no, no, that's the, the religious no, one. Uh, oh, uh, let me check. Amesh and it starts with an S. Aya. Natsuki. Natsuki. Natsuki, right? So, you know, you can really see that the story, the stories that they tell during the Midnight Club is also like, you know, hinting at what what relationships are developing in the real life. So I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, we see, you know, I like the small details about life and death and how different it is when you talk it, talk about it with kids and teens. Their bonfire ritual uh, during Amesha's um, birthday. Yeah. Right? right? And he was saying like, I was supposed to die today. This was, this was supposed to be the suit that I was going to wear when I die. It's different when it's teens talking about, you know, these are people, you know, it's not that they're mature or anything like that. They just handle it differently when you know what we normally see on TV because not a lot of teens are be given storylines where they they know that they are dying because of some form of sickness, right? So I like that idea about you know even beating the odds by a couple of days, maybe a year, is something monumental for them, and they're just trying to live out the life as normally as they could, which is weird. Like when you're dying, you want to do something, some extraordinary stuff, but as you can see, these kids they just want to be kids, they just want to you know. Just want to have fall in love. Yeah. Just want to fall in love. They just want to, you know, play, 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 drink play. a little bit of wine, right? So those are the thing. Those are the storylines that really, um, um, kind of like stayed with me. And then the the last point was, um, Anya's um dream, right? When she survived and she, uh, lived the normal life. And she was trying to get back at, like, you know, even if people get what they want, it's not really what they want. Like, it's, it, it kind of felt that, um, you know, when she was in the real world working, being supported, she was still way more depressed because she wasn't with her friends. Mm -hmm. And she was, she, it seems like her being the one that survived, it quote unquote survived. Um, it's a flip side. She wanted, yeah, so yeah, like it felt like she would have rather be dying with her friends than living this normal life. Being it's just, yeah, this just the, the contrast of what we want and what we need, you know, mm. what we deserve. So, yeah, so those are the things that I really enjoyed, and that's why I think this is a series worth watching. Um, not only because there's like a 10 episode through line, but even episode by episode, I really do feel that you can pop in any any episode. Maybe you need a little bit of background, but you can pop in just episode five or episode six and watch that little storyline and, and enjoy the series. So I I am I am kind of like I'm happy that this was out during the time that it was. It was a little bit earlier than Halloween. So you could like really plan out your 10 episode watch. Um, and I like that they didn't treat the teens as kids. They treated them as like a real people. So it made it made it a little bit more um, uh, impactful. Uh, about you, what do you think about the second half of the series? Yeah. Um. At first, I was a little 
down at the ending. Like, uh, I wanted the, um, you know, a climax. Because it was a little anticlimactic. The, it was more like uh, the, en- the ending for episode 9. And going into episode 10 was the climax. And then we got an epilogue at the end. But after reading, like, some of, some of the reviews, I, I understood, like, uh, I got distracted with, like, their stories and stuff. So, um, the underlying uh, fight wasn't as emphasized to me. Like, the, the miracle, uh, uh, miracle cure, the, the hoping for a miracle com- versus science. And mm-hmm. accept, and then... Uh, so he, we have kids here, or like a long house, like really dreaming for for a miracle, and she's leaning towards the the cult stuff. Um, and then we have Doctor Stanton, who's like uh, accepting science, and and not just that, but also accepting death, like. She's just trying to make everybody the remaining time that they have, you know, be as nice and as good as they can and to accept what's coming. So the, that, that was really the, like, uh, the major fight. Not fight, more of the opposing ideologies in here. And uh, it was good. Like, it was great. I, I, I liked how that, how that played out and how the kids went from, you know, fighting and believing and then yeah that's the the i was just a little maybe I, i'm just a little disappointed like we didn't get a conclusion with like the posts like so there were a little outlier I, was too. I mean with that comment do you think that we're gonna have a second season uh i don't know yeah that's a good question like they did like a cliffhanger at the end so yeah I mean, I, I I can see it either way because you don't want to you want people to just you you want people to just see that this is gonna happen over and over and over again with different you know different cast I different mean, cast you know it's always going just to be like, like a, yeah. a few a few remaining ones yeah right but, but the idea of like Doctor Stanton you know will be fighting with Shasta I mean for for a long time so mm-hmm. that's what I thought that was gonna happen but yeah so yeah. yeah. I mean, I um, love I love the kids. Stories just got better and better, and the casting rocks. Uh, yeah, if this is any disappointment, it's just like some of the cliffhanging storylines. Yeah, same. Um, so with that, let's do our final ratings for the second half of Midnight Club. So, what do you think in your final thoughts for the series? So with that. I will go with. I'll finish with an eight. Hmm. It it could have been nine, like it was ramping up to be a nine, but just yeah, just a little bit of a anticlimactic, and they didn't tie up everything. So I'll go with an eight. I'm also going with an eight, part what, and it the only reason why it oh. The way that it could have been a nine was if they committed to what the story is going to be, because it's obvious that it this might be like another Flanagan joint that is, you know, 
anthology driven, mm-hmm. maybe a different version of Brightcliff Manor in a different state, right? different kids, different storylines, different cults. I feel that that could be, and I think I'm okay with that. I think I'd enjoy that. Right? I think I'd enjoy mm-hmm. if, if um, we have a second season of Brightcliff Manor, but I think I could also enjoy this is going to be it. Right, uh, even yeah. even with the the cliffhanger ending, so um, I just don't like the idea that they are again not committing because you know maybe they're waiting for Netflix if they can get up money or a little bit more. So, um, but either way, these the eight these ten episodes, it's a fun show. I think this is a perfect lead up to Halloween Halloween um, viewing schedule. Like you know, next October you watch two per night, two per week. Until Halloween, so people would enjoy that. You gotta watch uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet next. Oh, Cabinet of uh, Curiosities. I've seen one or two episodes. They're pretty cool. Um, all right. With that short and sweet episode, uh, final thoughts, Chabax? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely worth a watch, especially with you know the kids and handling how they're handling grief and love and death. So, and plus the spooky stories. I love it. Yep. Um, I think it's a fun watch too. You guys should consider watching this. It's not one like a required viewing, but this is definitely worth the watch, particularly during a season where you need to have a little bit of uh, intense, suspenseful feelings inside. If you like it, this is definitely one of the good picks. And with that, uh, in behalf of Travax and all the other people that make Plus 6.3 HP the podcast that it is right now, Thank you very much for watching, and we'll see you again next week with a different series and different show. Hasta la vista, baby. Bye-bye.